I desired and understanding was given me. I called and the spirit of wisdom came upon me. It's hardly an exaggeration to say that we are honouring today a great Benedictine saint. It's true, of course, that St. Thomas Aquinas was a leading light of the Dominican order and indeed of the whole church, but he was only five or six years old when he was sent by his parents to school at the nearby abbey, famous abbey of Monte Cassino. And he remained there until his 16th year. Now the young schoolboy Thomas of Aquin wasn't simply there as a schoolboy in a school that happened to be run by Benedictines. He was there as an oblate. He was living, that's to say, as far as possible for somebody of his age under the discipline of the rule. I like to think of him at the age of, say, 12 years old in the midst of the monks, imitating, in a way, our Lord at the same age, among the doctors of the temple, listening to them and asking them questions. And day by day he would have been formed by the monastic chant, by the, the readings from Holy Scripture and from the fathers in the choir and the refectory, and perhaps by Certain hours alone in the library, leafing through the works of St. Augustine or St. Gregory the Great. Then, when his own time came to teach, he was not ambitious of originality. His aim was to explain that which had been taught to him. When he was teaching in the universities, even in the great University of Paris, there was simply one form among many for him of sacra doctrina, holy teaching, that which takes place whenever any Christian in any way passes on to another, the message that has come to us from heaven. It's true that St. Thomas spent a lot of time and energy trying to understand the works of the pagan philosophers. He did that as part of his project of taking all understandings captive for Christ. Himself said that it does not pertain to a religious 
whose whole life is given over to the service of God to study the human sciences, except insofar as they are useful for understanding the Word of God. The heart, St. Thomas, never ceased to be a Benedictine oblate. When he was on his last journey to Council of Lyon, a journey that he never completed, he received a letter from the abbot of Monte Cassino asking him to help sort out a dispute on the subject of predestination that had broken out among the monks and that was threatening to disturb the peace of the community. And St. Thomas was already suffering from his last illness that was to carry him off in about maybe ten more days. Couldn't go in person, and instead wrote back and began his letter in these words To the Reverend Father in Christ, the Lord Bernard, by the grace of God, Venerable Abbot of Casino, Brother Thomas of Aquin, his devoted son, always and everywhere prompt to obey. went on to refer to our most holy father, Benedict, and then recalled that as St. Benedict had sent a letter to his disciple Morris that reached him, as Morris was on his way to France in the town of Aquino, so the abbot's letter had reached him, Brother Thomas, in the same town as he was on his way to the same country. Then having solved, as far as human reason can do so, the problem that had been put before him, he concluded as follows. This is what I have written. Most dear Father, obedient to your command, in order to bring back those who had gone astray. And if these words are not sufficient, I shall not fail to write again, obedient to you. May your paternity be well and long-lived. Those are the last written words that we have from St. Thomas, son of St. Benedict, to the very end. And the departure of the spiritual saint. Amen. Amen.